Hello and welcome. You are listening to Live in La Viva Voce. My name is Adam. My name is Meg. And this week we are talking about open source, or more accurately, you're talking about open source. Now, I was very explicit with my spelling of yeah. this, so I think I've got you I've got you cornered a little bit this time. I'm upset. Oh, yeah? yeah. Are you really upset? I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't have spelled that out on, on, on the audio file. I was so excited. When I had first heard open source, that's how I say it, but when you were like, open source... I was like, oh my god, imagine I get to talk about the kind of, like, gross, like, molds that form on top of, like, open jam jars or whatever. Wouldn't it's just so toilet humour with you, isn't it? Yeah, it's just toilet humour. I know. Okay, well, before we get on to that, should we talk about what we're drinking? Yes. So I, uh, we picked up some um, delicious ciders. That's what I've been yep. uh, nursing. How about yourself? Um, so I've always had a couple of the ciders and I've tried, yeah, I've Sort of had a little bit of a tipple of each one. Not, yeah. not, not, not enough to get me drunk. Obviously, um, this week I'm actually um, nursing a, a, like a white tequila, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I've had a, I've had one or two shots of that. Uh, I'm not really a huge tequila fan normally, mm-hmm. and but that said, I have had a couple of really, really good tequilas. Yeah, when we were in Toronto, when we were in Toronto, this we had we had an amazing tequila in Toronto. And, uh, you know what? This one's not too bad. Uh, it's uh, you know that one was exceptionally good, I will say, but this one's not too bad. Um, so yeah, no, I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm drinking, and we've got what you're drinking. So shall we get on with proceedings? Yes. Okay. So. Once again, I think we, there is truly a pattern here of Adam giving me kind of tech, computer, you know, adjacent, or, or not adjacent, like straight up, right, like hers, and then me going, I really do not want to talk about this kind of stuff. So I'm going to pivot, use my lateral thinking, use the old noggin, and go in a different direction. Okay, so... I, mm-hmm. I would like to say, yeah. just off the bat... I don't think this is an exclusively technology word. I'm 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 gonna slightly disagree just because like I think anyways, well I'll explain. I, why I think I it's I think it's a computery term mm-hmm. for an ancient concept. Sure. Okay. This is true. But the terminology itself I think has lent a lot of inspiration to like different fields in the last 20 years and that's what i'll be talking about today anyways so my presentation is called open up the wacky world of open source products okay <laughs> okay all right open source first let's come up with a definition so on the all too reputable wikipedia I looked for definitions and I got source code that is made freely available for possible modification and redistribution. Open source software expanded, um, kind of that that term expanded Mm -hmm. into other open content and forms of open collaboration. Okay. So that was the kind of base, the kind of groundwork that I was, you know, exploring. And as someone who studies, you know, English literature, more the humanities, have you ever heard of Guy Debord? Pardon? Guy Debord. No. So he is this um, French 
a philosopher from uh, kind of the like 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and he and a number of his colleagues, like cohort, they came up with this text called The Situationist International. And on its copyright page, right, you know, like that yeah. opening kind of flap, it actually says no copyright, any of the text may be reproduced, translated, adapted freely, even without mentioning the names. Yeah. So it, like when I was kind of initially researching open source, it made yeah. me think immediately of yeah. um, that's, that text. Anyways, open collaboration. This is a concept that apparently, you know, prioritizes egalitarianism, meritocracy, self-organization. Sure. I think it stems a lot out of this kind of wariness towards big corporations, sure. even like including kind of like state governments. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it's this movement towards libertarianism, yep. anarchy, like this, this idea yeah. that like, People, when they're organized in kind of smaller groups, when, when they're very, like, highly trained and they're passionate, they can do a lot more without the bureaucratic yeah. red tape of it at all. Yeah, right? sure. would you say Would you say that's more or less? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the people that were into technology, when, when open source was becoming a concept, mm -hmm. there was no money in it, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was very much a case of, like, either you went off and worked for a big corporation that built computers yeah. and did computer programming. Like, you right? told me, like, where, where you lived, um, close to you, like, IBM had pretty much yeah. made this, like, community. Yeah, exactly, right? right. Or you, you know, you sort of, like, you had your little, like, whatever, like, tiny little microprocessors and stuff, yeah. and, you, and you sort of, like, tinkered around with them in your garage, you know, and no one really wanted to share that technology with you, so you kind of had to reverse engineer it yourself, and that's where this kind of anarchist, like, anti, like, pattern, anti, like, intellectual property yeah. sort of war came from. Exactly. One thing, and, and you mentioned about, like, kind of, kind of cost and like mm. you know that whatever it's i it makes me think of and i'm still trying to like wrap my head around this yeah. and it's something that listeners guess what out of this goofy podcast you do get some genuinely interesting ideas at least for me this idea that free and open does not equal public ownership yeah and there's a difference i think between open and free yes so I learned about FOSS, which is apparently the free and open source software, and then yep. FLOSS, <laughs> which is free slash lieb um, and open source software. So it's sure. without any restrictions on usage, modification, and distribution. Um, but the analogy that they use, right, is yep. like, so freedom of product is not free of any kind of price, right? Like yeah. free, it's like free speech versus free beer. That's yeah. the kind of analogy that yeah. they gave it. So I think with open source, it's one of these really interesting ideas of, you know, when you look at copyright law, copyright law obviously emerged in like the 1600s. And mm -hmm. pretty much since the 1600s, it's pretty much remained the same, right? The yeah. idea that certain people have the right to publish works that they created, etc., etc., And, you know, who has the right to certain intellectual property, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, copyright law has always been very good at dealing with is this concept of authorship versus ownership right yes. um so you can be the author of something without being the owner of it right yeah um and this is sort of very much like uh, similar in like a software sense right is that 
you know, you can put the code out there and you can make it public, but ultimately you retain that kind of authorship, right? Because mm -hmm. you are the author, mm -hmm. right? But obviously the other thing, and, and this is obviously the other prevalent thing with, with free software, is, is that, you know, there's this common this common theme or this common belief in, en in software engineering that, or, or maybe not even in software engineering, but in people who are looking at software engineering from the outside, mm -hmm. that is to say, the only way I can make money on my software mm -hmm. is if I only give it to people who have paid me first. Mm. Whereas, you know, a lot of open source people would dispute that, right? They'd say, well, no, I can still show you what my code looks like. I can show yeah. you all of it. But that doesn't mean you have the right to use it. Yeah. Right. I can still ultimately go. Well, you got to pay for this to use it, right? Yeah. Um, and you know that's true, right? Like now, whether or not that gives you maybe the protection from piracy that you know someone who does hide their code until you pay for it gets mm -hmm. is another question. But no, there's definitely a distinction between free, as in free of cost yeah and free is in open to to view and look at and i think something that's really interesting is that with open source just this kind of general um concept in many different fields that kind of distinction of the two different meanings of free becomes kind of blurred right? yes like in some areas it'll it'll it's it's literally like take a penny yep. leave a penny and like yep. it's a very like exactly. free kind of exchange yeah. whereas in other areas it's more so that like bigger distinction between authorship mm. and ownership right exactly. um the the reason why you know i kind of refuted you at the beginning a little bit when you were like you know open source is like fundamentally based on this like like bigger yeah. concepts of like you know rejecting kind of these bigger bureaucratic yeah. organizations and stuff i completely agree with that but what i think is really interesting is with the kind of emergence of you know um like modern day computing and yeah. like software development and like stuff like that our kind of understanding of what open means is yeah. filtered now very like very fun like very thoroughly through that kind of framework yeah. right um such that let me let me see so i want to really really quickly go over a couple types of like open like products and then mm -hmm. i'll kind of finish the presentation on something open that i found that was actually <laughs> like legit hilarious okay so you know there's obviously like open um like films yep. open video games yeah uh, which is super cool um i found <laughs> it's open religion um <laughs> Yeah, like once, you know, and, and that was one of those really interesting things where this concept of an open source religion yeah. came around the 2000s. So clearly influenced yeah. by this but, kind of but like... But that's like blockchain religion, right? It's like, yeah. You know, religion by Bitcoin or something, right? Like someone's seen some concept mm -hmm. in the technology sphere and gone like, if I stick that key word in front of the thing that I want to do... Will that make it look new and trendy? So, open religions, I want to focus on this one called Dudism. Oh. It makes me really upset, but I'm oh. sure. It already makes very, me sad. I don't even want to... Very, very curt, uh, just to get it over with. The reason why Dudism is considered open is because technically all ministers and followers are allowed to add their input into, like, the tenets of the religion. Okay. Um... 
whatever that means. And it is a religion, philosophy, and lifestyle inspired by the dude who is the protagonist of the Coen Brothers film, The Big Lebowski. Uh, yeah, Jeff Bridges, exactly. Oh my lord. This is where it gets a little shady because technically it is to promote a modern understanding of Chinese Taoism. I would argue Whoa. that Taoism is like wow. the modern understanding of Taoism. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's this idea, it's supposed to be a mock religion to an extent. Um, although apparently there are like 450,000 Buddhist priests. Yeah, yeah but right. You can kind of, it's like when you go online to get and, like and, ordained and, as a minister. Can you, can you, can you just imagine though, if there was like a Google Maps with all the pins of it, I guarantee all of them are in the San Francisco Bay Area. And can I just say. They're all in the San Francisco Bay Area, okay? That's all I'm going to say. And there's that like one guy in Nepal that's like also registered as a Buddhist. It was, of course, founded by a guy named Oliver Benjamin. He was a Ugh. journalist in Chiang Mai in Thailand. Ugh. There it is, right? The official the official church name is the Church of the Latter-day Dude. But I don't know, because I would argue that, like, for example, Christianity is quite an open source religion to an extent, mm. right? Because ultimately the source material is open this is what's really interesting and mm -hmm. there's been plenty of forks of it right okay. like people you know you've obviously got like the catholic church which i suppose is probably the oldest well i don't know you'll probably correct me on this the oldest christian church right and then you've got fork offs of that like the you know protestant movements like the anglican movement the unitarian movement you know the methodist movements etc etc right yeah so i disagree i don't think dudism is the first or even 100%. the biggest open source religion and i'd argue that christianity or even any of the abrahamic religions uh, or mm -hmm. any like original religion with a with a with a text yeah well what's really interesting is that um you're not far off because there are definitely open sources in established religious traditions mm. the sort of biggest slash most well-known one being um, open source Judaism. Mm. Um, and in 2002, um, this person proposed the formation of an open um, SIDOR. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, which is an open source licensed user-generated content project for digitizing um, liturgical materials huh. and um, writing the code needed to um, produce um, a web to print um, SIDORIM, sure. uh, which is the Jewish uh, prayer books. Okay. And it was to recontextualize Judaism. And and basically the argument was that um, with a religion as old as Judaism or like the, the kind of Abrahamic yeah. religions, it is inherently, like you said, this collaborative project. Yeah. Right? So that, you know, that was kind of the, the stance there. Um, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Let me move on to this hilarious um, open source product. Have you do you know what open source cola is? No. Okay. So how much how much do you know about like Coca Cola? Probably mostly lies. I, I <laughs> What does that mean? Well, I heard that Coca Cola I heard that Coca Cola starts out green and it's dyed brown in order to make it more appealing, which sounds like a stretch, yeah, right? I don't that's true. I think that's a bit of an urban legend, but there's obviously caramel yeah. coloring. Yeah, right. right. Um, and I also heard, although again, I don't know how true this is, that Coca-Cola actually contains trace amounts of cocaine. I 
having it used to, I think Coca Cola drinks in yeah. or cola drinks in general yeah. maybe used to obviously not. And they and uh, they were still importing it into like make manufacturing into like the like fifties or something, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like a hundred years ago that it stopped. Like it was very recent. Uh, but I don't know how accurate that is, right? Yeah, I don't know to what you know, extent. I, I, because when I when yeah. I think of Coca Cola, when I think of Coca, I think like coffee or like like, like chocolate or something, yeah. right? Yeah, like the Coca bean. I don't think cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've also heard of that a lot. I I honestly didn't research like that area of it, so I I will not answer. To what extent? That's and obviously they made they made Santa Claus red. Yeah, they made that's, that's, that's about. <laughs> the that's, and that is my talk on Coca Cola. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I've actually been to the um, official Coca Cola Museum With in Atlanta. The Green River. In Atlanta, Georgia. Well, no, the Green River is in Chicago. That's where St. Patty's Day. But... No, that's a joke about the Coca Cola mm. being green. Okay, but I've been to the official Coca Cola um, Museum. And when you get there, the first thing that they do is they give you a little can of your choice of Coca-Cola and then they take you on this tour, a tour that culminates in you being able to witness and like see the birthing process. No, the secret ingredient, the recipe, because this is this interesting thing is that Coca-Cola, like the brand itself, right? Or Pepsi, what, whatever the crazy conglomerate, like name of it now, whatever. They didn't invent like the cola drink. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. Like, but they have like, you know, made this recipe that clearly is very popular. And then they've made it, completely inaccessible yeah um so when i went to see it and they finished they actually took me into this dark room Mm. and then they turned on the lights and it was this bank vault you know like the bank vaults you see in like action movies it was like that and they were like the secret recipe is behind that vault and literally only a handful of people have ever stepped into that room is that not crazy but though? how do they how do they assemble coca-cola then if no one knows the recipe i know well okay also they call the in-base flavor that syrup they call it merchandise 7x oh is that not like wretched that is that's pretty wretched okay well anyway. and that's why it's actually <laughs> cocaine anyways so coca-cola i think like obviously it's super accessible obviously they do a great job with the marketing um, it's been around for ages. I, it's so ubiquitous now that I yeah. think I think the advertisement, it, it like the product just generates its own appeal, right? Well, it's it's the largest advertising budget in the world for a long time, wasn't it? Coca Cola. Wow. Coca Cola had was larger than I think the next three combined. Wow. That was how big they like their advertising budget was, right? It it's huge. Yeah. I, it, it's something like. And I won't quote here, but like a hundred billion dollars a year. It's 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 obscene amounts of money. Anyways, like the thing is, even though you obviously can't reproduce Coca-Cola perfectly, te- yeah. right, technically, because Coca-Cola will neither confirm nor deny any kind of recreation. Sure. There have been many, many organizations at many like conferences yeah. and conventions that have tried to create a version if not better and there is this open source system where people are allowed to publish and share and modify recipes of cola drinks this is like huge (laughs) apparently so let's play a game so 
for oh the flavor base. <laughs> the typical recipe of a cola drink, okay, consists of um, eight essential oils. Oh my lord. Okay, do you want to try to guess some of them? Think about think about Coca Cola or just cola beverages in general. And oils. Yeah, like flavorings, right? Okay. Uh, okay. So, whoa, hold on. So, can you get? So, there's eight. There's eight. Can you give me the one of them, not the most obvious, yeah. like the hardest one, for example? Okay, sure. Or the second hardest, like whatever, right in the middle, just to give me an idea of what direction I need to be going. Yeah, in. coriander. Okay, okay. So we're talking spices then. Yeah, spices. Cinnamon. Oils. Whatever. Cinnamon. No. Um, wow. Bold choice. Ha- <laughs> hazel. Hazel. No, 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 no. Think of like. I'm trying. <laughs> Picture the flavor in your head. Coriander. Um. Uh, saffron. No. <laughs> basil. Okay, let me let me give you another one then. Orange. Orange, okay? Like, it, it doesn't have to be. Coca Cola is not a savory drink. It's not a savory Peach. Drink. No. Apple. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just gonna leave it off. Let me have like five more cracks. Plum. Are you, think about what it tastes like. Chocolate. Coca-Cola. No. Okay, when you when you ask for a Coca-Cola, what do people typically ask for an added... Lime. Like, yeah, lime is one of them. Good. That's orange, why it's green. Okay, orange, lime, coriander. Can you list any more? Orange, lime, coriander, um, lemons. Yeah, good. Now, now, now we're headed into basil. The cumin. <laughs> it's this. It's this very savory beverage that's served warm over steamed meat. No, no. Let me think. Let me okay. think. Let me think. So, yeah. Coca Cola's from Atlanta, Georgia, right? Okay. So, what other things that have been growing oh in the Atlanta, God. Georgia okay. area? Um, that's not gonna. Pears. No. Okay, it's it's more citrusy fruits then. You've nailed all of the citrusy fruits. The uh, rest of it might be this. Okay, let me give you one of them that is found in like pumpkin spice. That's uh, not I was cinnamon. I'm gonna say pumpkin. Okay, that's not cinnamon. Okay. So what's found in pumpkin spice or like Pum- fall what? fall of what's a fall spice? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would put in a pumpkin spice latte. Um, so cinnamon. Cinnamon. Clove. Really? No, it's not clove. Clove's not in this one. I'm saying pumpkin spice. <laughs> I'm the spices. I know that, but spice. why would you put clove well, in it? Because a, it's a very. But like, why would you put it in a pumpkin bit. spice it's latte? It's just a little bit. Ginger. No, but you can keep going. You're you're like headed in that direction. You know um, what I mean. Ginger. What's the one you grate? Ginger. No. Oh shoot, you're right. But what's another one that you grate? Um, uh, garlic. No, I don't know what. Nutmeg. Nutmeg. Okay. Cassia, neroli. Neroli is used in a lot of perfumes, which is. I've never. I don't even know what that is. And then there's one more, and you, you, it is able. You are able to get this one. What, what kind of is purple and grows around here? Lavender. Yeah, lavender. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, you know, the lavender and the neroli, those two are very, very um 
kind of optional, if that makes sense. Okay. Some people think that adding just the, the slightest amount of that oil kind of gives you that, like, je ne sais quoi of the Coca-Cola uh, flavor. Meh. Okay. So, open source cola, there's, like, there are three um, kind of most well-known products that are that were then like made and then distributed okay okay open cola yep. which was originally promoted for open cola software company which is apparently a toronto um you know institution don't know um and apparently they have the original 1.0 and then they have the 1.1.3 oh. it's so lame this is why i hate nerd like this the freaking worst what are you talking about you're nuts wow. okay so it was made for that promotion, but it ended up selling a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. What, so wait, one point one point three. Yeah, and so and like that version of it or whatever, and so they actually, that company is probably more well known for their cola than they are for like colloquially. Isn't that funny? Then for what they actually do, mm-hmm. software development. Then there was another one made by Cube Microplex Cinema in Bristol. Okay. Cube Cola. And okay. that is another kind of product of this open source um, cola production. And then there's one Norwegian one called Toyen Cola. Mm. Okay. So basically anyone can modify and improve this recipe and create their own version. And all right. of their ingredients and everything, they're, they're made accessible. Okay. Do you want to know, do you want to know exactly how to make this cola? Uh, what? All, all of them? Or, or... Well, just the, the kind of base recipe yeah, that on, you then. are now able to... Play, yeah, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to my kitchen in a minute and yeah. start, like, so, get my mortar and pestle out. There's a flavoring formula. This is the kind of what gives it the a formula flavor. Meg, you're, I'm getting a bit hot under the colour. Right, it's a, not that kind of formula. Oh. It's not that kind of formula. Prepare yourself. Oh, I've got to get my calculator out. It's 10 grams of gum Arabic. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's 3.5 milliliters of orange oil. 3 milliliters of water, 2.75 milliliters of lime oil, 1.25 milliliters of cassia oil, 1 milliliter of lemon, 1 milliliter of nutmeg oil, and then 0.25 milliliters um, each of coriander, neroli, and lavender oil. That's a lot of oil. It's a lot of oil. And bear in mind, the last, greasy cola. Said, the last three that I said is very expensive to get those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. But no, 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 because it's just a flavoring base, right? So you add only a little bit of that to your overall drink. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not like a really oily beverage. The concentrate formula itself. <laughs> you can you can drink it and then rub it on your skin. Oh, moisturizer. The concentrate formula, right, is 2.36 kilograms of sugar, of white table sugar, then 2.28 liters of water, 30 milliliters of caramel coloring, 17.5 milliliters of 75% phosphoric or citric acid, 10 milliliters of flavoring formula, so what I just listed, and then 2.5 milliliters of caffeine, which is optional. And so this is about three liters worth of cola. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. And then they recommend that either you get, you make your own carbonation machine if you're making, if you want to make a real open or source. Or buy a soda stream. Yeah, well, hey, now... Because then you're contributing to the big, the big patent. To big, to big soda. Yeah, big soda. And also, I, I thought this was hilarious. I found a homemade soda water recipe that these guys have also provided. If you truly do not want to consume anything wow. with a like, 
With That's it. like some off the yeah. grid shit that is. And it's made with sugar and yeast to make your own carbonated beverage. Is that not vile? Oh. Anyways, I, I mean, I'm pretty much done my presentation. I just wanted to share with you open source in general, some kind of more niche open source ideas, variations, and then ended off with open source cola, which I think is great. And, and I think is kind of this delightful understanding of what it means to collaborate with one another and i think on on a digital platform as well mm. right because people you know making these colas and stuff like that they're doing it from all around the world and stuff like that and they're doing it with ingredients that are eh, more or less accessible right those oils might be a little harder to come by but they kind of want to say you know we we as a people as as a, as smaller communities can can produce the same yeah. things than this gigantic corporation sure that we yeah have no I think over. I think this is the thing, right? Like, yo, and actually, you know what? There's there's a metaphor here somewhere, mm. right? Okay. No, there is, right? You know, this idea that you know, you think about like Coca-Cola, you think about KFC, right? Yeah. These these corporations that have, I guess, a monopoly on some kind of secret intangible yeah. secret, yeah. right? You know, and and they're not the only ones, obviously, but they're like the really recognisable yeah. ones. Like Dr. Like, Pepper's also. Dr. Pepper, yeah, you know. Like, we can make something in a way that no one else quite can. Yeah. Not, they can't make fried chicken, or they can't make Coca-Cola, or they can't, but we can do it the best, yeah. right? Like, we, we, yeah, you can taste the difference. Even to an extent, like, Heinz baked beans versus like you know, regular brand baked beans, right? 100%, yeah. You know, like these, like, and don't worry, I don't think you know, like Heinz number fifty-seven. Yeah, whatever. But I, I think you know, this is also something that is very true in the software world, right? Mm. Is this idea of, oh well, you know, in order to get that working you'd need a big team of developers. And the only way you'd ever get that kind of labour out of people yeah. is if you got a big corporation to pay them, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, open source is a kind of a big sort of F you to that, right? Yeah. It's a big, like, no, actually, if we put our minds together and we all put a couple of hours in a week or we each all put a couple of hours in here, we all, you know, we can collectively build an ecosystem mm -hmm free of the need for corporations. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I think the open source ecosystem has been tainted nowadays yeah. by just smaller corporations yeah. parasiting in order to catch up with larger corporations, right? Like, you know, it's one of those kind of like... But that was always the way it was going to go, right? Because humans love to centralise. Yeah. No matter how much we love to say, like, we want, like more power to people. We love to organize and group and cluster and tribify, you know? No, for sure. I, I, I just think it's really interesting, this idea of, like, what, no. like, I guess, us and them means, yes. right? It makes me think of, you know, while I was doing these, like, research, researching on open source cola, yeah. beverages are actually hugely, um, like, a, a product that is really dominated in this kind of open source gastronomical sector yeah like open source beer is this really big thing too yeah and and the there's actually this danish lots of microbreweries propping mm -hmm. up yeah and there's actually this danish no but specifically like digital ventures yeah. okay. on into making 
just recipes for people to create but at, sure. by themselves at home you know really really good beer and there's this danish open source beer mm. called um i don't know what the danish term for it is but it translates to yeah. our beer like yeah. that's just the name of it interesting. yeah i think you know particularly beverages though that is something that is so monopoly like yeah, there's such yeah. a big monopoly you know you think about the number of drinks brands that are owned by coca-cola 100%. or if not owned by coca-cola owned by britvic yeah because britvic's also huge there's, you know if if it's not owned by Coca Cola, it's probably owned by Britvic, mm. or it's probably owned by Pepsi. Yeah. Right. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we all think we're drinking loads of different drinks, but it's like four companies, five companies, maybe ten, but it's not a lot, right? Yeah. Um. So no, it's interesting. Anyway, um, there's something I wanted to recognise on this show this week. I think it's something that we've both been a bit guilty of, and I think mm. it's something that I want to focus on a little bit more. We've been awarding degrees. Even we award degrees in jest. Yes. You know, but we very often pick locations. Mm. But we've not been picking enough locations outside of the Western Hemisphere. That's true. We've we've been focused very much on like you know U.S. universities, a couple of Canadian universities, a couple of U.K. universities. Yeah. Obviously, jokes like you know, School of Hard Knocks, for yeah. example, right? And you know, I think that 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 sort of belittles well, not belittles. So I don't think we hold much prestige. But no. but I I think it's important for us to recognise that there are great institutions beyond those located in the US and the UK. So that's why this week I'm awarding you an degree. And degree. A degree. Okay. Uh, from the University of Hong Kong. Whoa. Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going. All the way over there. I, I'm going over to Hong Kong. Uh, so yeah, I'm awarding you a degree in um, software social studies wow. and open source beverage making wow. from the University of Hong Kong. Wow. Yay. Um, and so I think yeah. that nicely concludes. And there's but one more thing to do. Oh my gosh, that's true. So we're on to uh, so N-O, so on to P. Yeah. P-p-p-p-p. I love I love how you've given this so little thought and and Aww. you know here's me I I prepared open source before I'd even prepared my talk. Let me think. Let me think. We could leave it as a mystery. No, I need to give you something. I need to give you something. Let's think. Pneumatics. Pneumatic. <laughs> That's a that's a hell of a one. P N E U M A T I C. Something like that, yeah. I, I think that was right. I think I wasn't far off. I, maybe the E and the U is the wrong way around. Anyway, you've been listening to. Oh, Liv- hang on! If you've enjoyed our episode, please check us out on our social media pages: Twitter at Live in Viva or our Facebook page, Live in La Viva Voce. And don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast service, whether that's Apple uh, Podcast, whether that's Google Podcast, wherever you listen to us, yeah. if it's on Spotify, you know, just smash that subscribe button and every time we release a new episode, you will get a notification. Yes. And uh, we normally release every Friday around 5pm UK time, it's about midday Eastern time in the oh. US and Canada. Um, so if you're enjoying the show, you know, don't don't forget to hit that subscribe button because, you know, we love bringing you guys content and, um, you know, we hope you're loving it too. Exactly. Anyway, until next week... 
I've been Adam. I've been Meg. Good night. Bye bye. Thank you.